Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Hey, take out your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 17, the Gospel of Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11. And I'm sure all the glares from the cell phones are people looking up the Bible scripture and you are not on Facebook, right, David? Okay, good, good. Luke chapter 17 down to verse 11. Well, you may have seen the story. It became a national story in the paper. A young boy by the name of Teddy Mazzini, only six years old, uh, had, they'd just moved to Tucson, Arizona. Uh, his mother wanted him to make friends uh, in his local school, so he had a birthday party, and his mother invited everybody in the class, uh, made goodie bags, special invitations for everyone uh, that was in his class. And he came to the party. It was at kind of like a, a, a place like, a, remember the Gaddies they had down there with all the games and everything? It was at a place like that in their party room. He got there, he waited, and he waited. And guess how many of the people showed up from his class? None. Got a picture of Teddy right here. Uh, oh, poor Teddy. Nobody came to his birthday party, you know, as it was. All right, now, if you're Teddy... Or his mom, how do you think that would make you feel? Discouraged? Anybody? Okay. Disappointed? Angry? Like you'd wasted a lot of money? You know, any of that? Like, yes, I've got a lot of pizza I can take home. You know, any of those kind of things. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be angry. You're going to be upset. All of those things. Now, Teddy's story had a good ending. Uh, The Phoenix Suns heard about it and invited him to sit on the bench during the Los Angeles Laker game. So it wasn't terrible for Teddy. Uh, He got to go sit on the bench for the Lakers game. But you can imagine the feelings of going out of your way, trying to do something for someone, and then disappointed when nobody cares and nobody shows up. Well, as we look into our scripture today over in Luke chapter 17, we see kind of the same thing happen with Jesus. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he's on that border area between Samaria and Galilee. Now, we've seen this before. Most of the time, a good Jew would have skipped Samaria and gone around it. Jesus didn't do that. He went right through Samaria every time. So he's right on this border town, and when he's about to go into a village, ten lepers see Jesus, and they stand at a distance, and they're standing at a distance because a leper wasn't supposed to get close to anybody because they had a contagious disease, and they start yelling out to Jesus, Master, Jesus, have mercy on us, in a very loud voice. And so Jesus hears them yelling to him. He looks over, and he tells them, Go show yourself to the priests. Now, that might seem like a strange answer, But a priest was the person that identified whether or not you'd been cleansed of your leprosy. Now, I can't imagine I have enough uh, tough, tough time getting my sermons ready, let alone trying to diagnose your leprosy or something like that. But a priest was the person that officially said, okay, you can now enter back into society. You're no longer contagious. So what he was saying is, okay, go show yourself to the priest. So they start going to the priest, and on the way, they discover their leprosy is gone, and they're totally healed. Jesus is still making his way into the village, and one of them comes running back to Jesus, throws himself at Jesus' feet, and says, you know, thank you so much. Jesus looks at the man, and he says, 
weren't 10 people cleansed? Where are the other nine? And the person who had come back was a Samaritan, not a Jew. And Jesus looked at him and said, get up, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So we have this story, this interesting story of Jesus. And as we look at it, there's some things I wanted to point out that I think as we go into this Thanksgiving season, not Christmas, okay? All right. I know a lot of you got your trees up. You know, we'll forgive you, but it's not, it's not Christmas yet. You know, if you've got your tree up, just calm down a little bit, okay? Mary hasn't even told Joseph she's pregnant yet, okay? So just, just <laughs> calm down a little bit. All right. So anyway, as we go into Thanksgiving season here, what are some things we can learn from this story in the life of Jesus? The first thing is this. True Thanksgiving takes looking beyond yourself. True Thanksgiving takes looking beyond yourself. Most of us are obsessed with what's going on in our lives and how it affects us and what we're doing. To be a grateful person, you have to look beyond yourself and you have to look at other people and what you have and you have to have gratitude for that. In our scripture passage, the question that Jesus asked was, where are the other nine? How come only one came back? Where are the other nine? That's still a question we have today. How come only one person came back? Do you think when you looked at the other nine, do you think they were not grateful for being healed? Who think they, they weren't grateful? I guarantee you they were grateful. These people had an incurable skin disease that ostracized them from even being in society. They were excited and grateful. They were happy when they were going to get out of their way. Okay, so did they know that Jesus had done something? Because he didn't literally go up and smack them on the head like Ernest Ainsley or something and knock them down and say, be healed. You know, what, what happened there? They were just on their way and suddenly they were healed. So he wasn't literally present. Did they know it was Jesus? Well, of course they did. They're not that stupid. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest on the way they're cleansed. So yes, they're grateful. And yes, they know it's Jesus. So then why did only one come back? I think there's a lot of reasons. For some of them, I think they were just distracted with everything going on. They couldn't believe what had happened, and they wanted to get back and get to the priest so they could get back to their life, get back to their families, get back to a normal existence. They were distracted, just too much going on. Some of them may not have come back because they were just self-absorbed. All they can think about is themselves and what's going on in their life and how it affects them. And they weren't even thinking about Jesus or being grateful to him. They were just absorbed with self. And maybe for a few of them, they were just selfish and they felt like, hey, I didn't deserve this anyway. God should have healed me. Why should I thank him? It was God's fault I was sick in the first place. And so they're not real happy with God in the first place. They've been angry at God for years, and they think that this is just God finally doing what he should have done all along, so why go back and be grateful for it? But there's probably all kinds of reasons they didn't return to say thanks. And all those reasons apply to us today. Think about where you are and the reasons that sometimes you're ungrateful or you don't go out of your way to say thank you or be involved in, in really showing somebody you appreciate what they've done. And it might be the same thing. You're just distracted. You're too busy, too much going on. You're absorbed with self and you can't see beyond yourself. You just feel like you deserve it. And so why be thankful for something that you deserve Anyway, so we have all these reasons to why we don't give thanks or we're not grateful. 
Mike Stone is a syndicated columnist, and he talks about when he got his very first job and made adult money, he said, that uh, he had just gotten out of college, and his little sister had just started high school, and she was telling him how much she needed a computer. And she said, I was at the store, and I saw this pink computer. Got a picture of, a, uh, of it right there. And she said, it's a great computer. I need a computer to do my schoolwork. So he thought, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to save a little bit of money myself and everything, but for Christmas, I'm going to buy my sister a computer. So he went to the store, and he checked out the pink computer, and it was just too much, okay? It was a very expensive computer, but he could get a Hewlett Packard uh, on a deal he had with his company for, a, for half the price. And so he bought his sister a new black Hewlett Packard computer. And when she opened it at Christmas, she said, what's this? And he's all excited. He said, it's the computer you need for school. She goes, I don't want this computer. I wanted a pink computer. And she shoves it back at him. She says, you can just take it back. That's not what I wanted. And so he takes the computer back. And his mom says, well, you need to get your sister something for Christmas. So he goes to a convenience store. And he comes back with a bottle of Coke. And he says, Merry Christmas. And he took the computer back and returned it and saved the money. So there was someone that couldn't see beyond their self-absorption. They weren't grateful for something that they had been given. We fall into that same trap all the time. We look at only ourselves, but to have real thanksgiving, you've got to look beyond yourself to other people. You've got to look beyond yourself to what you have been given and be appreciative of what you have and not just think you deserve it. And that's the problem we have. True thanksgiving takes looking beyond ourselves. That brings us to the second thing that we see. True thanksgiving, when we look at it and we ask the question, where are the other nine? True thanksgiving has an appreciation for what you've been given. Okay? It has an appreciation. So you look beyond yourself. And when you look beyond yourself, you look at the gifts. And when I say gifts, it's anything anyone has done for you, including God. You look at all that you have been given, and you have an attitude of gratitude, not an attitude of I deserve this or it's just a part of what I should have. Uh, It's an attitude of true appreciation. Why did only one person return? Because only one person was discerning enough to look beyond, I need to go to the priest and get back to my normal life and and rejoin my family. Only one person could look beyond that and see that they had been healed miraculously and that they needed to thank the one that had healed them. Only one person looked beyond themselves and appreciated what they had been given. Look back into our scripture passage now over in Luke chapter 17, down to verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. So he comes, Jesus sees him returning, and he's yelling praises to God. He can't believe what's happened to him. He appreciates so much what has happened to him. It's absolutely unbelievable. And he's praising God in a very loud voice when he comes back. He appreciates what he's been given. Do you appreciate what you have? Do you appreciate what others have done for you? Do you appreciate what God has done for you? Or do you just think that you deserve it and it's just a part of who you are? Uh, We live in a world today where we are, again, so self-absorbed that we can't see beyond ourselves and what we need. And you have to look around and be truly appreciative of what you have. And when you do that, it changes everything about you. 
I remember when uh, Andrew was in, I guess, third, fourth grade, we took a cruise that went to Jamaica. And that was when the, the children's cartoon uh, Fern Gully, the movie was out. Anybody remember Fern Gully? Thank you. Some of you really old people remember Fern Gully uh, back there. And so, you know, we had Fern Gully. You know, if you've got kids, you know, they watch the same movie over and over again for like, you know, uh, three months. And then they never watch it again the rest of their lives or something like that. Well, Andrew was watching Fern Gully all the time. So, unfortunately, the cruise had a Fern Gully tour. And we, Andrew goes, oh, man, we got to go on the Fern Gully tour. And I said, sure, why not pay 150 bucks a person for everybody to go drive through the jungle or something like that. Let's do it. So we're on the Fern Gully tour, and we're driving through the, the jungle, and we're passing all these houses in Jamaica. And if you've ever been to Jamaica, there are some unbelievably lovely spots and, and, and just great hotels on the beach. You get inland a little bit, though, and there's just unbelievable poverty uh, that is in that country. And we started passing these little shacks that didn't have windows, just had newspaper over them. Some of them were just open huts. And Andrew says is that where people are living? And I said, yeah. And he just kept staring at it. And I guess it started bothering him. And he said, we're really lucky, aren't we? And I said, yeah, we're really blessed, Andrew. We really are. But it takes something to happen for you to look beyond yourself and to see other people and then to be grateful for what you have been given and for what you have. And it changes everything about you when you do that. It makes everything look different. When was the last time you actually sat down and made a Thanksgiving list? Where you sat down and said, these are the things I'm thankful for. I, do, I have a prayer time every day. And I have like a little journal that I keep. And every day in my journal, I have to write down a few things I'm thankful for. Now, I will admit, at the end of some days, I'm stretching myself to find something I'm thankful for. And sometimes what I'll write is... Glad I survived this one. Thank you, you know, or something like that. You know, I'm still standing, you know, or like, you know, that you get there as you go through it. Sometimes it's hard, but every day I've got to write down a few things I was thankful for for the day. And then you know what I do? At the end of the week, I go back and I read every one of the things I've written during the week. And it really causes you to look at things in a little bit different way when you can see all the ways you've been thankful, all the things you appreciate that happened over that week. Now, I read something this week that I thought I'm going to give you as homework today. Okay, so this is your homework. Uh, Your homework is once a month, have a day of thankfulness, a day of gratitude, where all day long you intentionally look for and respond to every single thing you have to be thankful for. And I'm even going to give you a day to do it. Why don't we do this month's day on Thursday. Let's do it on Thursday. Okay. We'll do it this month on Thursday. So on Thursday, in between your football games and turkey and ham and stuffing yourself and all that kind of stuff and getting mad at your relatives and all that stuff, in the midst of all of that, have a day of gratitude where you intentionally look at all of the things you have to be grateful for. You get in your car and you go, well, man, I've got a car. You know, uh, you know they got there. all the reasons that you have to be grateful. You know, one of the things I've found as I've traveled around the world is that someone in the United States who is considered poor lives like millionaires in other places. They would be considered rich in a lot of countries. If you've ever been on any of our mission trips to Haiti, if I told someone, yeah, um, 
They have a house. They've got heat and air conditioning in the house. They've got a car and they've got a television set. They would think, oh my goodness, they must be the richest people in Louisville, Kentucky. And we'd say, no, they're, they're some of the poorest people in Louisville. We don't understand how blessed we are in this country to have what we have and to be where we are. Have that day of gratitude. That brings us to the third thing that we see in our scripture passage. So the first thing we saw was what? You need to look beyond yourself. You need to have an appreciation for what you've been given. And the third thing is, then you need to actually be involved in expressing gratitude. It requires thanks. You need to actually get to the point of saying thanks. So this man returns to Jesus. Only one returns. He's yelling praises to God, and he gets to Jesus. And let's see what happens uh, in our scripture passage in verse 16. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. So he's coming back. He's running. He's yelling praises to God. He gets to Jesus. He throws himself at Jesus' feet. And then look at the next thing it says. And he thanks him. Do you think he came back, throws himself at Jesus' feet and says, thanks? What do you think he did? I bet he's crying. I bet he's overwhelmed. I bet he's, he's, he's barely getting his words out. Thank, thank you so much. I can't believe It's unbelievable. Thank you. He's expressing thanks to the one that has cured him and has brought a change into his life. Everything is now changed about this man as he comes to Jesus and he throws himself at his feet. When you express thankfulness to whoever you're grateful for, whoever has done something for you, when you express thankfulness to God, thankfulness to others, three things happen. Three people are affected. First, you're affected. Because now you're looking beyond yourself and you become more appreciative. You become more caring. Uh, you become uh, more, more contemplative in what you have and what's going on around you. But not only changes you, it changes everyone around you. The person that you're grateful for, it, it, it changes them. Has anyone here ever received a thank you note and it made you feel good? Yeah. I've got a file of nice things people say to me. When somebody sends me a nice thank you note, now some of them say thank you, and I go, oh, you're welcome. And, uh, but some of them, they actually say nice things, you know, inside of them. And I, can, and I put a file in there. I've had that file for 20 years of all the nice things. If you're having a bad day, guess what it's good to do? Open your thank you file and start reading all those notes. That makes you feel good. You know, so, so it's not only the person that is saying, okay, I've been changed, but the person that you're thanking, they're changed, they feel appreciated, they feel affirmed, but everybody around them is also affected. Uh, Dawn and David, I guess it's the music people, uh, are the best I've seen at writing thank you notes for everybody. I, I get at least twice a week, I'll see David in the hallway and go, what are you doing? You have a hand of notes. I'm writing thank you notes to people. And I go, oh yeah, I need to do that. You know, thank you. For that. So, and I really do. I mean that I go, okay, I need to do that. Now I don't, but I realize that I need to do it. You know, as after, after I see Dawn and David, so it's motivating me too. Dawn will always say, did you write a thank you note to somebody? And I say, uh, No, but I meant to, and I did appreciate it, okay? So if you needed to get a thank you note from me, just know I meant to send you one, and I do appreciate it, you know, when it's there. Okay, is that as good as actually getting the note? No. You need to actually be involved in sending that out. It makes a difference. Did you know that 
being a grateful person, that thankfulness is actually a superpower? It is. I got proof right here that thankfulness is a superpower. See? Look at that. Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, they're all thankful people. How is it a superpower? Well, let's ask Harvard University. You want to do that? This is from a recent Harvard study. People who are grateful are more positive. Could you see that? They're more positive people. Their emotions have better emotions. They enjoy life more. They, they get the most out of experiences that they have. They have stronger immune systems. And they have higher self-esteem. Why? Because if you're not grateful, your life revolves around you, you're needy, you think that everybody needs to be placating you and and looking out for you, all you care about is yourself, you're not grateful for anything around you, so you're needy, you have no time for others, Uh, you think the world revolves around you, you're always a victim, you're selfish, and you end up being miserable. That's what happens to ungrateful people. So the last time you sent out a thank you note was when, if you're ungrateful, you're probably a miserable person, whether you realize it or not. So let's look at the last thing that Jesus has to say. All of this affects and reflects your relationship with God. Everything we've talked about, looking beyond yourself, understanding what you have to be grateful for, and actually expressing thanks for it. All of that affects your relationship with other people. We've already shown how that is. And it affects your relationship with God. Look at what Jesus says to the man when he throws himself at his feet. Back to Luke chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus asked, were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has only one returned to give praise to God? And he's a foreigner? So the only person that came back was a Samaritan. And then Jesus said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now I find that really interesting. Rise and go, rise, because he's at Jesus' feet saying thank you. And Jesus basically says, get up, friend, go show yourself to the priest. Your faith has made you whole. Now here's what's interesting to me about that. His faith made him whole. There were 10 people that didn't care to come back. And only... One of them returned, but all ten were cured. So how come this guy's faith made him whole when there were ten people cleansed? So he believed, who cares? All ten were cleansed. All ten were made whole. But wait a second. Ten people were physically cured that day. Ten people had their leprosy leave. But only one person was cured spiritually. And that was the one who returned. Jesus wasn't talking about a physical healing here. Those people got something later on. They got the flu or they got some other disease. And after a few years, something else was going to kill them as they went along the way. But only one person had a spiritual healing. Only one person came back praising God. Only one person threw themselves at Jesus' feet. And Jesus said, man, this guy's a Samaritan. He's somebody you think is an apostate that's not even worth it. And yet God accepts any and everybody that comes to him in sincere faith. And this person that you think is of no value at all, his faith 
has brought him into a relationship with God that's never going to end. Your faith has made you well. You look around at the world today and there's a lot of ungrateful people. But our scripture is pretty obvious. I don't care who you are, where you've come from, how much money you have, what country you're from, what race you may be, what gender you are. Anyone who comes to God in sincerity, their faith makes them well. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. It's all about love and grace and the attitude that we have of our heart. And so it affected the relationship. The relationship this man had with God would never be the same again. He, he now saw God in an entirely different way, and he had something that he would be grateful for for the day that he died. And every person in this room should be in the same situation because there's not a person in this room that deserves to be here. You're only here because Jesus died on the cross to forgive you when you did not deserve it. And we too should have a gratitude to God that should change us for the rest of our lives. So let's look back again at the four things we've talked about. It takes looking beyond yourself to truly be grateful, to appreciate what you have, to actually express thanks for what you're appreciative for, And then that affects your relationship both with the other people that you're saying thank you to, and it affects your relationship with God. So as you go out today, I challenge you to just find things before you get to your car to be grateful for. If you've got kids that you're picking up in the nursery or in one of the uh, uh, preschool, or or I guess that's the same thing, whatever, you know, say thank you to their teachers. Uh, you know, you might want to, uh, you know, the person that, that, uh, tries to cut you off leaving the parking lot and then suddenly stops and their better angels take over and they go, you know, tell them, thank you. Thank you. You know, whatever, who can you be grateful for, for you even leave the building? That's a challenge I give you right now. Anybody know who Mookie Betts is? Okay, about three baseball fans in the entire room or something like that. Come on, people, get a life. Watch baseball. You know, uh, so Mookie Betts is the American League most valuable player, okay? Not only that, uh, his team, the Boston Red Sox, just won the World Series. Well, after game two uh, of the World Series against the Dodgers, Mookie Betts' whole family had come into town. And so he had called a caterer, and uh, his wife had called a caterer and said, okay, hey, we need this, this big meal after the game uh, for the family. Well, the caterer found out that it was Mookie Betts, and he gets all excited. Mookie Betts is ordering from his restaurant. So he sends everything he's got over there, the best he's got, more than Betts even ordered, and he gives it to him all for free. Okay? So Mookie Betts comes, and there's all this food. I got a picture of Mookie Betts uh, right here. You see he's grateful for the food. You know, and uh, that he's there. Okay, so uh, uh, he sees all of this food. So he calls the guy at the restaurant and says, man, this is unbelievable. Thank you. So what's the first thing he did? He literally thanked the person for what he did. But then they get through eating, and it's late at night, you know, because there was a baseball game afterwards. And they've got more food than they know what to do with. And so this is what Mookie Betts does, the next picture. Him and his brother go down to the Boston Public Library where there are all these homeless people and they begin to give them all of these trays of food and they begin to serve them. And afterwards, Mookie Betts, who's just in regular clothes, walking around, talking to people, somebody recognizes him and says, aren't you Mookie Betts? And he goes and gets in his car and he leaves. 
The food's been served. He was just talking to people. He didn't want any acclaim for anything that had happened. And when they asked him about it, because this picture went viral here, and that's the only picture that they got, a guy took it with his cell phone. They asked him the next day, why did you do that? And he said, oh, my goodness. I had nothing in my life growing up. I'm a multimillionaire now. People are coming to see me play baseball. I've got all these ads that are bringing in money. And he said, God has blessed me so much. And then I come home and there's all this food for my family. And I think, what should I do? And he said, I should take my blessings and bless somebody else with it. And that's what Mookie Betts did. So what I'm saying to you is there's not a person in this room that can't do the same thing. They can't say, I appreciate what I have, and I'm going to use what I have to bless other people. And when you do that, you'll find out what real Thanksgiving is about. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for the way that you've loved us, for the way that you have given us your salvation. Father, help us to appreciate all of the little things that we have in our life and all of the big ones. And, Lord, to show that appreciation in the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. We come to this time of invitation, and during this time, there's several things that you can do. You can come and pray at this altar uh, about needs and things going on in your life. You can come and say, I want to join this church. And uh, come and say, I want to be a part of what this church is doing in this community and around the world. And you can come and say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. Follow him as your Lord and Savior. Follow him in baptism. And this is the most important decision you'll ever make, is saying you want Jesus Christ in your life. Maybe right where you're standing, you just need to say, Lord, I have good intentions, but I'm really not a very grateful person. Help me to start being more grateful, to start being more aware and to express that gratitude that I have and uh, let people know uh, that you appreciate them. Uh, Something I did last year, I just decided I was going to go around one day and just tell people things I was appreciative for. And I would go tell them, and guess what they would do? They'd kind of look at you strange or something. People don't generally walk up and and tell me uh, why why they're grateful for me in their life or something like that. Uh, So if I missed you, I'm grateful for you, okay? Uh, But maybe just say, Lord, help me be a more grateful person. As you go out this week, I challenge you to... Make your list of things you're thankful for on Thursday to have your day of gratitude. Look for all of the things during your day that you're grateful for and just keep clicking them off in your brain. You're going to see a lot of things uh, as you go through the day. Don't forget tonight at 6 o'clock is our joint worship with Iglesia Gethsemane. And uh, we hope to see you there at 6 o'clock this evening. Let's close with a prayer if we could. Father, we come and we just say thanks. We could go on all day for all the reasons we have to be thankful to you and And we just lift them up to you now, and we are so grateful for you in our life. Help us to not just be grateful in heart, though, but to live a life of gratitude in the way we treat others, in the things we say, and in how we behave. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, 
MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word. Thank you.